0: Bom dia, bom tarde! Welcome to another episode of the portuguesesoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves. Back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 170. A lot of good stuff for me to talk about this week. First off, uh, in the past few days before I dropped this, there has been a story out of England that UEFA have approached Portugal again to host the Champions League final this year. I'll talk about that. We saw Desportivo do Chaves on Tuesday. The president admit that they would not be submitting to play in Europe if they qualified. What's that all about? I'll explain. Obviously, the Liga B win, we're down to three matches left. Benfica with the still with the four-point lead, but Porto still chasing them. We see Braga needing one more win, which they could probably get this weekend against last place Santa Clara, to clinch the third place, which gives them automatically uh, to the Champions League qualification rounds, not the not the group stage. They'll have to qualify, but certainly a very big deal for Braga and their legion of fans. Second division report, Mardi dance has done it. They have won the second division title and promotion, and they are back after a one-year absence from the first division. But a tremendous race breaking out for second place and third place. Second place gets you promoted. I'll talk about that as well. We'll talk all as well about the Women's Liga, Player Abroad Report. Talk a little bit about the big three and uh, talk about as well, uh, you know, things that, that go on in the, the the world of Portuguese football. And I'll be going all over that as well. But let me just start off first. Um, and by the way, there's a lot of good things that I could start off with. But I'm going to start off first before I get to previewing and reviewing uh, the latest Liga B1 action and that is some news that came out on Tuesday in the record that Chaves this Chaves even though they are about 4.4 point, four points out of a playoff spot uh, let me actually double check that while I talk to you um but the president came out and basically has said that even Uh, If they do qualify for Europe, and again, they're uh, four points behind Vitoria Guimarães, who's at sixth place, that they would not be uh, registering for Europe. It's too much for them. They don't have the resources at this time to do that. And a lot of people are surprised. And um, let me just say, it seems like every other year, we hear about a Portuguese club basically saying they're not going to compete in Europe, even if they qualify. And Part of the reason is, especially with this Europa Conference League, is that you have to qualify in sixth place. I believe you start with the second preliminary round. And you basically wind up playing, um, you know, you're playing a lot of these countries. A lot of times, you know, you're not playing a team from France or England or Germany or Spain where it's a pretty good, quick ride. You're essentially playing teams from the far uh, east of, of Europe. And it's very expensive very very expensive to go there play a game and then come home and play either the first or second leg and only have maybe three or four thousand fans in the stands it's it's not very lucrative if you're a club like Shavs, which again is a very small club and I've always told you and taught you that you know a player in the big three and maybe Braga they're making good money in the sense that your average player maybe is making close to six figures you know a hundred thousand or more but once you start getting to the rest of the league up, Players making sixty 70, 000 euros €70,000, it's actually a very common thing from what I've been told by agents. And the reality of the matter is is there's not a lot of money when you get out of the top five and there's not a lot of money for these clubs to basically compete in two or three rounds in Europe. Santa Clara did it a few years ago. Remember, they're going from the Azores, but they were unfortunately eliminated. And uh, so it, it it's a tough situation for shops. I remember the first time I remember this happening was... When Desportivo Avs upset Sporting, you remember Sporting a few weeks after the Alcachete attacks, they played Avs and Avs went on to beat them in the uh, the Jamor and win the Tasa de Portugal. And then a few days after that, reports serviced in the press. And a lot of people didn't believe it at first that Avs would not be representing Portugal in Europe because they didn't have their resources. And I believe what happened is, is Sporting at that time was going to the Europa League and they wound up taking that automatic spot which gave them automatic entry into the group stage without having Sporting play uh, the, uh, you know, the gr- the qualifier matches. Uh, I think they might have had to play like one that year because they finished fourth. I'm trying to remember. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, this is very, this is not very surprising news is what I want to say. This does happen every other year. Uh, we do not have any Portuguese clubs that have played in the Europa Conference League groups. Every Portuguese club that has played uh, been in this competition, which is about two years old, has never managed to make it out of qualification. And again, for these clubs to be playing, some of these clubs throughout Europe that involve very long and expensive flights. And remember, we're talking about the summer flying. That's not cheap, especially when you only have about two weeks notice before you find out who you're going to play. And then you've got to take you know, 16, 17 players, your doctors, your conditioning staff, your coaches, your administrators, your social media people. Before you know it, you've got 25, 26 people that you have to play, pay for, and it, it's not very. Um, it's 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 very expensive, is what I'm trying to say. So I thought that was big news. It does not make Portugal look very good. Um, one of my followers on Twitter, Josie Pereiras, asked, you know, where's the federation in this? Why isn't the federation helping? since the goal is to try to keep teams playing in Europe, which obviously is good for Portuguese football. uh, But apparently that has not been the case, and it's just way, way, way too expensive for Portuguese clubs. So right now we have Arroca in fifth place. That looks like they might be qualifying, and then you've got Vitoria Guimarães. The fourth biggest club in Portugal in terms of support, but financially not really the fourth biggest club in Portugal. That's uh, Braga and uh, those appear to be right now uh, because of the fact that they're in good positions, although Guimaraes is only four points ahead in uh, sixth place against seventh place. Um, That seems to be the clubs that we're going to be seeing probably play in Europe. And remember, Rokas had a great season. They've got that great goalkeeper, the European goalkeeper Ara Gubuena. Let's be honest with you, he's probably going to be leaving. And, And like I talked about a few episodes ago, a lot of these Portuguese clubs that qualify for the Europa qualification rounds, the Europa Conference Leagues, you know, your 5th and 6th place team in Portugal, a lot of these clubs, like I've told you, they, they, they really redo their rosters in the summer. All the players go that were on loan go back. They sell their best players. And then you wind up having a brand-new club, a lot of times with a brand-new manager, that are playing in this competition, and they're only getting maybe three weeks of preseason. And it never quite works out. So I respect Shav's decision. And I just hope that Aroca and and Guimarães, which are in good position right now, uh, Família Cone has a shot, but they're five points behind Guimarães. So if Guimarães were to win this weekend, that will end that dream for uh, Fama. But it's just a tough situation for Portuguese clubs to be playing in Europe. And again, the ones that do qualify in fifth and sixth place, they wind up playing these qualifiers, and it's very expensive. And they play with brand-new teams um and you know it just makes it tougher and that's one of the reasons why i've been saying that portuguese clubs don't really get the chance to take advantage of their qualifications um and and you know Cuefa coefficient because a lot of times like we saw with holland those fifth and sixth place teams are never there in the group stage and when you don't have teams playing, then that's less points that we earn for Portugal. Because remember, it's always divided by six into the amount of points that Portugal earn. And if you've got only four teams playing in the group stages and the other two are done and don't qualify, then you're talking about four teams trying to get points for Portugal. And then you got to divide that into the uh, six total. Uh, the other news that came out this weekend is that Portugal apparently was approached per the Daily Mail uh, by UEFA to possibly consider hosting the Champions League final. The story is, is that Turkey is uh, Turkey is in the elections this year and as a result there is concern because it is a very tight election, very close, um, that it could see a situation where there could be some protests like we saw with uh, Brazil when they had their elections that were very close. Uh, it's amazing and again I'm not going to get into geopolitics here. How many countries around the world where it is so close to races you know people are winning uh not necessarily by big margins and as a result you have as many people happy you have as many people upset and there's a lot of concern in turkey that there could be some serious protests so the story goes if reports are to be believed by the daily mail is that uef has approached portugal about hosting and portugal is an expert at this You know, they hosted, of course, if you remember when play resumed during the pandemic that first year, they hosted the quarterfinal, semi, and final. Obviously, they were all played in empty stadiums. And then the following year, uh, I believe, uh, well, Portugal hosted again, uh, Porto did this time. And if you remember, I think that was Chelsea City. And obviously there was a lot of controversy with that because Portugal at that time was still in a bit of a lockdown. But you had all these English friends that were coming into town and they were obviously enjoying themselves and drinking and hanging out by the river, the Rio Douro, and Porto. And that upset a lot of Portuguese because here you have one standard for the Portuguese and yet you had the other standards for the uh, visiting fans from England Um, and uh, if I recall correctly I think they played in like a 50 percent capacity Uh, and then last year there was rumors that it would happen again because the final wasn't going to be in Russia St. Petersburg for obvious reasons with the war and and then instead went to uh, Paris and obviously we saw the issues last year significant issues in Paris and uh, they did a big investigation a matter of fact the committee that reviewed the you know, Park de Prince uh, situation because of all those fans and the security it turned out to be, from what I remember reading, a, a group of uh, several Portuguese uh, individuals who have worked for UEFA, and, and the only reason why I know this is because it became a big issue that UEFA was investigating their own event, uh, but these individuals who have lots of experience, uh, Portuguese with UEFA, And obviously they put out a report and and I think you probably know about it already that there were just a lot of issues with the fans getting into the stadium. So this year, Portugal's back in the news again, Lisbon, and this time obviously that Turkey may not because of the election and because of possible civil issues with the public and not wanting to bring an event like that to a country that could be very tense. Now there's talk now. Is it Lisbon? Is it, uh, you know, Luz? Is it Albala? That we don't know. But apparently that's uh, been discussed. And again, as I'm dropping this on Friday, if there's going to be any momentum to it, we'll obviously hear a lot, a lot more about it in the, in the next few days. The Champions League final is in, uh, I believe it's early June. And, and by the way, this would be great for Portugal, especially Lisbon. I mean, the last two uh, Champions Leagues um, you know, in Portugal were under strict lockdowns. Uh, the opportunity to be able to let everybody in would be a big boon to tourism in Lisbon. Uh, tourism is very big in Portugal in case you didn't notice and uh, it's not just the immigrants Um, I can only imagine Ryanair and uh, EasyJet and British Airways how many people they're gonna fly in from England and believe me people want the English pounds they want them being spent throughout the Lisbon area so um, that's all we know I actually spoke to somebody who said that they hadn't heard anything big about it yet some insider but that could change coming up in the next few days, so we'll uh, we'll see uh, what happens. Uh, let's move on now to the Liga B win again. We have <clears throat> excuse me four points left, uh, three matches left. Benfica in front of Porto by four points. Uh, Benfica last week, one of their toughest matches, playing at home to Braga, and a goal by Rafa, his first Liga goal, going back to all the way to October. Uh, Gets the three points for Benfica. Sporting played on Monday night at Arroca. And thanks to a goal, I think it's his 28th career goal, as a defender for Porto, Marcano. He scores the winner and that enables Porto to stay four points uh, behind. Now, the big news last week was that Sporting went to Passos de Ferreira. And Sporting won to cut the deficit to third place, which, again, uh, is the last European spot for the Champions League. And you go into the qualifiers. Uh, Sporting managed to cut their deficit to Braga to four points. But Braga this weekend has an easier match uh, than Sporting hosting last place, Santa Clara. And if Braga wins it, uh, their match this weekend, they will automatically qualify for third place. And then Sporting will be set to go straight to the group stage of the Europa League. Um, also last week of interest, uh, we saw our Chaves go to Fama. Recorded two to one win. Chaves has been in a, a very good run. We saw Guy Menage, uh two wins in a row, uh trying to control sixth place to get into Europe. Uh they beat Vizela 3-0. We saw Meritimo Riwa play to a 2-2 draw. Uh, if I recall, when went ahead 2 0 in that, 2 0, and then Maritimo came back to level, if I recall correctly. We saw Boavista beat Estoril. Estoril, by the way, has just not been very good on the Ricardo Suarez. Nine matches, seven losses, and two wins, and it has just not been a very, very good situation uh, for Estoril. Um, Estoril, though, uh, when i look at the uh the table the standings they are five points ahead of the 16th place team maritimo. so if they win uh, this weekend they will automatically stay up but barely um and really the race is at the bottom as well as at the top you've got santa clara with 19 points you got pasos de Freira with 20 and you got maritimo with 23. the bottom two drop the 16th place team will play the third place team in the second division in a playoff and with uh, three matches uh, left, uh, both of, I think all these teams are still in it. Um, you know, I think uh, we've got a pretty good race. Uh, this weekend, uh, when we look at who's plays who, you've got uh, Maritimo. They're going to be playing at Sporting, so that's a tough situation to be in. Uh, Santa Clara, uh, this weekend, they are going to be, where are you, Santa Clara? Where are you Santa is going to Braga. So that's not a very good situation for Santa Clara uh, going there. And then the other team, uh, Basús, is going to be playing a team that's been playing pretty well. Chaves. so the bottom three teams, although it's a very tight race, and the goal here is to try to finish in 16th place to get to the playoff. Uh, they all have very very tough matches. I think Basús, probably of the three, has the least one, even though Chaves is doing better because Marítimo's got to play Sporting and Santa Clara's got to play Braga. So Basús has a big opportunity this weekend. Uh, to go level on Maritimo for uh, 16th uh, place. Um, and then when we look at uh, week 32, round 32 this weekend, it gets going basically on Friday. Gilles Vicente against Boavista, a pair of teams in the middle of the table. And then on Saturday, uh, you've got four matches. Uh, Vizela, Fama, Desportivo de Chaves, Passus, will get it off at 15.30. Then you'll have Portimonense playing uh, Benfica. Portimonense sold out this weekend. And, uh, you know, a lot of fans are going down to watch that match. And then you'll have the lead match on Saturday at 2030. You'll have Sporting at home to Maritimu. Sporting wins. They would cut their deficit to Braga by one. But then on Sunday, you've got Riwa against Vitória Guimarães, two northern teams. And then you have Braga-Santa Clara playing at 1,800 hours. And, again, if Braga wins, then they clinch third place and go to the Champions League qualifiers. And then Porto... Obviously, with all the pressure, depending on what happens with Benfica, Benfica drops points, then Porto at home has an opportunity. But if Benfica wins, then obviously Porto needs to win to try to keep their slim hopes alive. And Porto this weekend on Sunday night at home in the Dragong are going to be playing Casa Pia. And then everything wraps up on Monday night with Estoril taking on Roca Roca. right now, of course, the 5th uh, place uh, team, and they, uh, they seem to be doing... Uh, pretty, pretty well. And when, by the way, let me just say that when we talk about it, I had someone ask me, you know, what do I think in terms of who has the easier schedule between Benfica and Porto uh, down the stretch? And I think Porto play, uh, excuse me, Benfica plays at Porto then they got to go to Sporting for the Derby, and then they play at home to Santa Clara, Porto plays Casa Pia, which is middle of the pack. Then they got to play Fama again, and after already playing them in the Tasa de Portugal twice. And then they got to play Gimenines, which is going to look to solidify sixth place. So there's no doubt that Porto has the much more difficult schedule overall, although obviously Benfica Sporting could be a big factor. But uh, I think if you take collectively the three matches that are left, I think Porto has. Uh, in my opinion, the uh, much more uh, difficult match uh, between uh, those uh, teams. Uh, let's go to the second division uh, report. Uh, obviously, uh, the big story last week, dance is back to the first division. They went on the road to defeat second place Astro Madura, 4-2 in a high-scoring match, and as a result, they have been promoted, and they won the second uh, division uh, title. And Astrulla Madura, because they lost, they saw dance from the El Basically, who uh, Faye beat FC Porto B 2 0 at home, and they jumped into second place. So, right now, you got Faye in second place in the promotion spot with 60 points, but right behind him in third place is Estrella Madura in the playoff position, which would play if the season ended today. Uh, Maritimo. Uh, Estrela Madura is one point behind with 59. Nobody else is close. Of course, you saw what's happened with Academico de Vizel these last three matches, ever since Jorge Costa and Vizel parted way. An incredible story there that, that needs to be told in the future if it ever comes out in the press. But this is pretty much between Fedence and Estrela Madura. Um, and basically, when you look at this uh, weekend's uh, schedule, uh, everything gets going in the second division with throw fence taking on Estrela Madura. Um, and so Astro La Madura right off the bat has an opportunity to jump into second place for at least the night if they play through fence who's battling to avoid relegation and Fedence has to go to Funchal and by the way could be a tough trip there's been a lot of issues with a lot of wind issues in Madeira and Funchal a lot of flights have been cancelled into Madeira so pay attention to see if that becomes an issue for Fedence I I think they'd be flying out of going from Faru to Lisbon and then Lisbon going to uh, Funchal uh, but that's a pretty uh, big match uh, this weekend in terms of that. And when we look at the standings at the bottom, and again at the bottom, Bissad in that playoff position uh, to play the team in the third division uh, with 30 points. And then you got Trofense with 28 and Covilla with 27. And when we look at this weekend, Bissad is at home to Mafra. Covilla is going to be traveling to Rio Mayor to take on Vila Frequent. And again, Trofense will be opening up action on Friday night against Astrula Madura. So um, a lot to play for for second place, promotion and third place playoff. And a lot to play for down at the bottom with the bottom three fighting. you uh, now, by the way, also has it uh, pretty uh, tough. Even though they are in 15th place, they are only three points ahead of b So they've got to be careful as well. And by the way, when I look at uh, second and uh, third place, um, Second uh, second place, Fedence, they've got matches left this weekend at Nacional. Then they got to go play Benfica B, and then they got to go play Tunela. Asturula uh, Madura goes away up north this weekend to play Penafial. Then they come home to play Nacional, and then they come home to play Trofeans. So Nacional, actually, because they're in 15th place, has an opportunity to help themselves out uh, because of the fact they've got to play the second and the third place team. But I think when I look at these, uh, basically when I look at these uh, two teams, I think Fadance has a tougher second place, mostly because Benfica B isn't going to make it easier for them. And uh, Trofense as well, not going to make it easier for Astro Medora in the uh, final uh, match day. So that's your second division report. Uh, women's report, it's pretty much been decided already. Only one team goes to Europe. Only one team obviously wins the title, and that's Benfica, who have already won it. They have a nine-point lead over Sporting. Braga is in third place with 45 points. Uh, right now, Sporting is just trying to play to finish in the second place. There are only two match days left. And uh, this weekend, Benfica will be at home to Torrientes, my team from Torres Vedras. And then we have uh, Sporting's going to be traveling to play Club de Albigueria. Uh, don't expect me to pronounce that correctly, I'm sorry. And then Braga will be making the trip. Again, pay attention to Braga and that trip to Maritimo with all the issues that that airport is having. Uh, with the windy weather uh, this week. Folks, that wraps up uh, the um, first half of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast, part two, coming up. Part two of the com podcast. Welcome back. i uh, going to jump around, talk about a lot of news items in uh, Portugal, things that you didn't know about. Uh, first off, congratulations again to Union Lady and Bill and & Nances. Both have been promoted to the second division. Two clubs for many years that were in the first division. Obviously, you know Bill & story, which has been so good. Uh, they're going to be playing in Jamur, not this weekend. Next weekend for the third division title. So congratulations uh, to these two clubs. And by the way, because next weekend, obviously not this weekend, but next weekend, the Pia esteril match, Pia of course, is playing, playing their matches in the Jamor. That match has been moved to Leiria because they're going to be playing the third divisional title match that weekend. And I think it's because uh, Jamor can't handle two matches in one weekend. And let's not forget there's a match coming up in the future for the Taça de Portugal between Braga and Porto. But uh, that match, uh, so those two teams will be playing not this weekend, next weekend. And they'll be playing in the Jamor and as a result... Casa uh, 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 Casapia Sturil will have to be moved uh, to uh, Leiria. Uh, also, again, need to continue to give good praise to uh, Rui Borges, the manager at uh, second division Mafra. Uh, Mafra uh, won again last week. Uh, this is a guy who has taken Mafra from 16th place all the way up to 8th place. And this past weekend, they moved up to another place, 7th. So pay attention to this gentleman, Rui Borges, who's the manager of Ma- Ma- uh, Mafra. He has been doing a uh, hell of a job. Uh, Braga, of course, this weekend, they have a chance to clinch third place. But they also have a chance. They are on 71 points right now in the, the Liga. Uh, but they need seven, But 75 points is their record that they set with Abul Ferreira, the manager, who obviously is doing great things with Palmeiras in Brazil. But Braga, uh, nine points left to play. They only need four to tie and five to break their all-time records in the season, which is 75 points. They currently have 71, and I have a feeling that uh, they're going to get it. Uh, moving on to the uh, big three, uh, big news this week, Romaldo. Basically, it's, it's, it's your typical interview that you give. But at the same time, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. And that is, you know, Grimaldo said this week that Benfica his club. You know, most of his career has been spent playing high-level professional football with Benfica. And he said it's been a very tough decision. But apparently there are teams that are making offers for Grimaldo. Uh, and as a result, um, you know, he said it was, he wanted to let fans know that it was a tough decision, but I think we're going to be seeing him leave. Also, start a story this week that Gonzalo Ramos is getting United Interest again. 80 million that could go up to 115 million in objectives. So that's going to be something we'll hear a lot about in uh, June and July. And very interesting, Rui Costa has made it very clear to the people that work for him, to the people in the uh, front office, um, to the club. No celebration. Still need four more points to win it. And he does not want anybody in the club talking to the local municipality about celebrations around Lisbon, around March de Pumbao, when they set up the stage and everything. He has made it clear he wants focus. The focus this weekend, obviously, is Pulti And he has made it clear to everybody to be on notice that this weekend is about winning and he does not want anybody thinking about anything past this weekend to take it one match at a time. Obviously, Benfica, if they were to win, big deal for Rui Costa, bringing them the title after taking over from Luis Felipe Vieira. Obviously, he hasn't won any trophies since 2019. So this is a very, very, very big deal for Rui Costa and as a result, he has put the team on notice. Uh, FC Porto, Claudio Ramos in the news this week. He's been the backup goalkeeper. If you remember, he came a few years ago from Tundela. He hasn't played a lot. I, I've never understood the decision. I get it that you get the opportunity to be associated with Porto and you know, be on the matchday list and be on the bench during the Champions League and all the big matches, but he hasn't played a lot. But apparently they are going to renew him as a precaution in case Diego Costa does in fact get sold this summer, which is a very strong possibility. And as a result, that was the big news this week, is that Porto is looking to renew with Claudio Ramos to help safeguard in case Diego Costa leaves. Andre Vilas-Boas, of course, the former Porto manager, um, looks like he will be running, I've talked about this in the past, for president. And let me tell you, that can get a little bit nasty because Pinto da Costa... Uh, From what I've read, never liked it that Andres Villas-Boas left Porto after just one year of success. And now here he is coming to uh, Portugal. And of course, Pinto da Costa has been Porto football the last 40 plus years. And uh, it's been easy for Pinto da Costa winning. Uh, But some people feel like Andres Villas-Boas may give him a little bit of a run. I I still think Pinto da Costa will win. But again, for anybody that does run, it's really going to be about getting their name recognition out there so that they can continue to run again in the future. Uh, but that was a big story. And also Uribe apparently has a big offer, uh, big contract being offered by Al Saad in Qatar, so uh, another player that could be leaving uh, Porto. And obviously you cannot turn down the opportunity to make the amount of money that he's being offered uh, the millions. Uh, sporting, uh, this is going to be a soap opera the next uh, few weeks into July, and that's uh, Ugart. Uh, Liverpool apparently is, uh, you know, continues to be linked with him. Apparently Ugart's agents are coming into Lisbon to talk about the offers that his uh, player has received. And it's just that circle that just continues with these uh, big three clubs. Get these players from the smaller clubs, buy cheap, sell high. And it looks like Ugart could be that. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Uh, big news for sporting this day that was really good to see. And if you're a human being, you wanted to see this. And that's Danielle Braganza coming back from a serious knee injury. And it looks like he might also get minutes in their final uh, match against uh, Vizela. Uh, that'll be a way. Uh, look, when you suffer a serious ACL injury, it's one of the toughest injuries you could ever have as an athlete. And apparently, uh, he's close to resuming. So that's a good feel-good uh, feel-good story, if I ever uh, must say. And uh, that's your Big 3 report. And again, Braga, um, one win away from clinching the Champions League. They have been there before. They have been there before, but obviously they'll have to qualify. And, and by the way, the only tough thing about Portugal is, you know, Porto and Benfica are likely going to be going to the Champions League. Braga is not going to have it easy to qualify. A lot more money in the Champions League. I mean, 30, 40 millions right away before you sell a player to Braga. That's a big deal for that club. On the other hand, if they don't qualify for the Champions League and then they drop to Europa, and by the way, don't forget the following year we only have two teams in the Champions League Um, That would be disappointing not to see three teams in the Champions League. But again, would Braga be better for Portugal's coefficient to be in the Europa League? Yes, but it's not like Braga has earned a lot of points as well for Portugal, uh, to be honest with you as well. So curious to see what happens with Braga this summer. And again, I'm not expecting big things from Marroca and Vitoria Guimarães in qualifying because they're bound to make some very, very serious changes uh, with their squad before they even play that first uh, league uh, qualifiers this summer for the Europa Conference uh, League. Uh, other things about Portuguese abroad, first off, regarding the uh, referee Arthur Suarez Diaz, worked the Man City uh, Madrid match in the Barnabao. And obviously, Real Madrid was not very happy with him, so joined the club. But uh, great match, though. Uh, Bernardo Silva and uh, Ruben uh, Diaz, uh, 1 1 result in Madrid. So now next Wednesday coming up. They will go uh, to home and they will try to win at home. Uh, again, I would love to see uh, the city win. I would love to see Bernardo Silva and uh, Ruben Diaz win. I think that would be a lot of fun. And of course, that match. And congratulations to Jose Mourinho. He is he won his first leg against Leverkusen in one nil at home, and he's got one leg left, and he would be back for yet another European final. Uh, I know so many people that get tired of this guy and they think he's past his prime. What's being past his prime when the guy is back to possibly another European final? They still got to go to Leverkusen. So it's not done yet, but uh, just a terrific story by the special one. And this is the reason why he didn't go for the Portugal job because this guy still wants to do club football and he still wants to play for European trophies. But remember, there is talk That PSG might be eyeing him. There's even a rumor of Real Madrid. I don't know where that came from. But uh, I don't know. I I think if you're Mourinho, you want to get back to the Champions League next year. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, Obviously, a big news this week, Rafael León renewed for five years. Uh, But the big story also is that his controversy with sporting is just about close to being done. Uh, Lil is going to pay uh, Sporting uh, $19.6 million, which includes interest. Leung going to pay $1 million out of his pocket to Sporting. And uh, uh, the news, though, is that AC Milan will reimburse Lil 90% of that uh, $19.6 million. So it will only cost Lil $2 million in the end for the one year that they had with Raphael Lyon before Raphael Lyon, of course, went to AC Milan. And uh, if he is sold Rafael Leong in the future, uh, Lille will also get 15 million of a future transfer if the release clause is 100 million. I've heard 175. I've heard 100 million of release clause. We'll see. But the point is, is uh, Lille only had him for one year, but they've got an opportunity here to make uh, some serious money for a player that was only with them for one year. Whereas AC Milan gets the player that they want uh, at a reasonable price for Rafael León. To be honest with you, and um you know they're only paying 90 percent of that 19.6 million that little paid to sporting now there is some talk that sporting apparently wants the 45 million release clause i did not hear anything about that today in the news i'll follow up next week but that could still be an issue because i thought i heard sporting still wants that money but Uh, if they're basically paid the judgment and the court ruled this is the judgment the 20.6 million which by the way is 16.5 million is the actual judgment and then I think on top of that is the interest Um, I'm not sure if sporting has an argument but again I'm not a lawyer and everything in Europe is different than of course uh, the states Uh, congratulations to Bruno Fernandes who was named the player of the month for Manchester United in April Bruno of course has been having a great time Uh, what a great bargain When you think about a hard Manchester negotiated with Sporting, what a great bargain Uh, Bruno Fernandes has been to United. If you're a United fan, you you have to admit that. Uh, Also, Diego Jota, excuse me, not Diego Jota, but Jota, who plays for Celtic, was in the news this week with Martinez. I talked about this last week, but Martinez had a lot of nice things to say about Jota, said that he's in the pool of people that will be considered, but he also said there's a lot of competition, and that's the problem with Jota. But you know what? I would have called Jota for these recent Luxembourg and match, you know, Luxembourg and Liechtenstein match that we had the last match day in Europe qualifiers. I would have called them. I know it's a little bit tough for next month uh, with who we got to play, but um, I think those are all nice words. But I, I, I don't know if I see Jota any type soon being called. But I, I, by the way, I really hope I'm wrong about that. Um, anyway, folks, I'm going to wrap up the last part of this uh, episode, and again, um, pretty much. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, my favorite team in Portugal. Again, if you're a brand new listener, I always end my podcast episode talking about my team, my parents' hometown team in the fifth tier in Portugal, a team called Atletico dos Arcos, and unfortunately last week they did win. They beat the uh, Corrientes, but the first-place team, and, and I thought there was a chance they could drop points, p- went to the third-place team in our table, and they recorded a 3-1 to win. So Atletico dos Arcos is still... Four points behind uh, first place. And first place in the districts gets automatically promoted to the fourth tier. Second place isn't. All you get in the second place is a spot in the uh, Portuguese Cup. uh, But you do not get the spot to move up to the fourth tier. And and what's disappointing is that my team, Ancus, had a five-point lead in January. They blew it. But since then, they've had three opportunities to cut the lead to one and even at one point to overtake it. And the reality is, is they just didn't do it. They even changed managers. Uh, crazy situation. They changed managers. So I don't know what's going on over there. When I, when I get to Portugal this summer, I hope to find out a little bit more. But uh, this the hope is still alive. Three matches left, nine points left to go. Uh, and uh, this weekend, do uh, Jardeskos will be making the trip to play a team called Lin uh, whereas uh, Limianos will be at home against Fachance, who's in the relegation zone. Vachance, by the way, uh, put a photo up on their social media this week. Um, I guess uh, one of the um, one of the assistants on the team that um, – well, one of the teams that played Cristiano Ronaldo's team in Saudi Arabia uh, has an assistant coach who's from Vachance, And he was able to get uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to take a photo of some of these kids offering Cristiano Ronaldo a jersey from Fachance. And I thought that was very nice by Ficentz to get that uh, type of uh, recognition. Uh, But Ficentz is in the relegation zone and not looking very good uh, for them. But three matches left. There is still hope. But we obviously need Limianos to drop points. And that will be very, very important. Uh, Folks, that's going to wrap up another episode of the portuguesesoccer.com podcast. Your weekly Portuguese expert here to talk to you about my thoughts, review, and preview as well as the action in uh, Portugal. Again, uh, people always ask me, how do you want to support this podcast? It's very simple. Give it a follow, uh, this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Podcast Addict, please follow it on those platforms as you listen. Uh, obviously, you could also listen to this on YouTube, and thank you for those numbers. And obviously, follow as well, PortugueseSoccer.com on psoccer.com, Twitter and Facebook, and our partner site on Instagram, Portuguese underscore soccer underscore noticias. Folks, that'll wrap up episode 170 of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. As always, and I mean this, please take care of yourselves, please take care of your families, and I'll talk to you next week, everybody. Ciao.